It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. We're uh, getting closer and closer to uh, the inevitable... What's, 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 the, what's the word we're looking for? It's the, uh, the, the, the test, the gut, the gut check. Yeah, game, the, you know the the kind of the, it's the, the measuring the marker, stick game, the measuring right? stick game. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, I, I'm seeing people's uh, uh, hopes dwindle as this, as the the inevitable facing of uh, the Patriots gets closer and closer. But yeah, fear this, not. <laughs> right. This is uh this is gonna be a fun game because yeah, um, I think so. Uh, for a few different reasons, I have always been I don't want to say a Patriots fan, but a Patriots admirer. I, I've always. Uh, enjoyed watching them, watching how they scheme things, how they coach. Um, so there's a there's a healthy level of respect for for me for the Patriots, and I think between the Cowboys and the Patriots as well. I know Bill Belichick and Jason Garrett are are close, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams uh, compete against one another. Um, Landon, today we're going to answer some more Twitter questions. You guys sent a bunch of us earlier in the week. Uh, we weren't able to get to them all, so let's go ahead and finish some of these up. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the Patriots. Uh, Landon, this one comes from at Soldier Moy. Uh, how do you attack this Patriots defense? If you were Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore, what would your game plan be? Well, I mean, first of all, it's got to be one of the most daunting units I've ever seen. Like the, uh, I mean, in, in maybe the last five or ten years, like it's, it's so. Uh, Good on the back end. There's so much talent on the back end, and those guys are all playing at an incredibly high level right now. Um, I think the Cowboys have got you know maybe one of the best passing attacks in football right now, uh, and I still am very very nervous about going up against the up of this Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to think that you just need to you know find a way to. They're going to try to. Take away your best player. I, I'm assuming that likely what they will do is they will either double team Cooper and put Gilmore on Gallup, or they'll just put Gallup. I was gonna say that's what I expect to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that's likely to happen. So I think we talked about this earlier in the week. I think you really need to try to find a way to win with some of your down the roster, you know, skill set skill players. Um, and again, I, I also think trying to find a way of, you know, the one thing about Belichick is that he is going to try and cover running backs and sometimes tight ends with linebackers. So 
trying to find a way to, to create mismatches against uh, some of those kind of guys, whether it's getting Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time, using um, Oluwale a little bit more as a, as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think these are all ways to potentially create some mismatches here and there. Um, otherwise, I think you know the Cowboys need to do a good job of trying to defeat the the blitz. I mean, you know, they're going to blitz. They're going to send guys from all different directions. Um, I, I think the Cowboys, if they, if 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 Patrick Chung isn't playing, which I don't I don't know if he is at this it point. It doesn't sound like he hasn't played the last couple of weeks. Yeah, then I think again that there is some hay to be made with the tight end position with some of the interior. Uh, slot running back type players just because i think as you get uh further down the depth chart in the matchup situation they gets more and more favorable to what the cowboys have versus what the patriots got um a couple different things uh i've i've been able to watch just about every new england game for the last three or four years and whenever they face a spread team especially in foxborough one of the things that they'll do is they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage and they're going to dare you to throw the ball deep. Uh, it gets really windy in that stadium. It's hard to throw the ball down the field. The field is not in great shape. Uh, so they, they want you to throw the ball down the field against their cornerbacks. Uh, I expect them to do the same against Dallas. I expect them to crowd, crowd the line of scrimmage, to press these receivers, and to make Prescott make tough, tight window throws against Stephon Gilmore to Michael Gallup, against double coverage to uh, Amari Cooper. Um, the Cowboys, the, the way to beat them is you've got to be able to make plays after the catch. Uh, the Cowboys are actually like last in the NFL in yards after the catch. Uh, so we're, it's going to be an interesting little battle there. But uh, I'm curious to see, you know, how do the Cowboys try to attack this defense? It's going to be in cover zero a lot. We, we've seen this time and time again from New England. They're going to put just a bunch of defenders near the line of scrimmage and dare you to throw the ball. Um, Lena, let's go ahead and get to some more questions. Uh, we're going to talk about the Patriots tomorrow. We'll, we'll do a big deep dive into that, into that game. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about some more of this other stuff. Um, this is a really, really good question from Adam. Uh, it kind of hurts me to even to bring it up, but he asks, is Dak Prescott playing better right now than what Tony Romo ever did in his career? Yes. Next you know, that was, question. That, that, that was a, that was really. I, I feel like that's a little premature, but it's not. Far it's off. not. I've been saying this for weeks. It, all you have to do is look at numbers and or results. And it, yes, I, well, I look. I mean, look. What what? Let, let, let's let's start here. What was what was Tony Romo's best year? Uh, 2014 or 2009. I I think the 2009 season goes a little under the radar, but one of those I, two. I, I think it's 14, personally, but I, okay. I definitely will listen to your 09 argument for sure because that was a fantastic year for him. Um, I, you know, look, if you just look at where he is uh, in, in every single kind of uh, advanced metric for passing and for, you know, and then if you just watch, I think, watch the tape. Like, there is just – there's times where we are pinching ourselves, and because he has not been anywhere near this level – we are pretending like he's not playing at this incredibly high elite level. At a certain point, 11 weeks into the season, when he is still at the top of all these uh, uh, 
absolutely different yeah. ways to measure how a quarterback is performing when your eyes have seen it week after week of him converting third down after third down after third down after you know deep pass completed tight window throws thrown here and there escaping pressure creating with his arms i mean i i i will i would rather die on the hill that i've jumped into this too soon than continue to be the lagging indicator of the person that's like, well, I don't know about Dak. I mean, what are you talking about? Uh, Look at the results. It's totally ridiculous how good he is. Yeah, I, I, there's absolutely no argument coming there for me. Uh, the only thing I would say is let, just, let's talk about that 2014 Romo season for a second. 70% completion percentage, uh, 34 touchdowns, 9 interception, a passer rating of 113.2. Uh, QBR of almost 80, led the league in completion percentage, yards per attempt, and pass rating. Uh, guess how many quarterbacks have led the league in all three of those and not won MVP? One, Tony Romo. Only one ever mm-hmm. to not do it. That one still still bothers me that Aaron Rodgers got that MVP it might, over him. might happen this year again with, the, with it, Dak, it, you know what? frankly. It, it, it very well could. And it, yeah. it, it, oh, that would be frustrating. I um, mean, look, there's, there's a natural inclination for people to hate. Look, I, we did, I did the Lockdown Show with – uh, with Mark, uh, Mike yesterday, uh, uh, debate and he, great guy, totally. And we we commiserated to a certain degree that both, you know, he is currently in the middle of a dynasty, but but we could re- we could relate to the idea that we have polarizing teams, and mm-hmm. and they either you love the Cowboys or you hate the Cowboys, either you love the Patriots or you hate the Patriots, and I, I think that sometimes that plays in your advantage. Sometimes you get more pro bowlers than than other teams because you're on TV a lot. Sometimes you you know blah 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 blah. But sometimes it works against you because some of your best players are hated so much by the by the a wide swath of the NFL that you're not getting the proper recognition. Dak mm-hmm. will I think for continue to be discounted and made reasons as to oh 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 well he's doing this because of that and no no no. Dak's playing out of his mind. If you yeah. can't see that yeah. by watching the tape, then what are you even doing? Like, it, it, it's, it rem- it's totally ridiculous. It reminds me a lot of Romo early in his career, or not even early, just his entire career, where you know you could talk, to, and this is even with Cowboy fans, you could ask Cowboy fans, what do you think of Tony Romo? Oh, he's no good, he's, he's a choker, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But you look at the stats, he leads the league in fourth quarter mm-hmm. comebacks, he has the highest passer rating in the fourth quarter, and, and everything tells you that he's great, but he's because he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, He's such a polarizing player, and I think Prescott's getting a little bit of that now. Um, it's it's pedigree based too, I bet. Yeah, you know, because they're yeah. both. Well, he was an undrafted free agent, and, and Dak was a four, fourth round yeah, pick. Yeah, absolutely. So. Now, if if he was the number one pick and was performing even at eighty five percent of this, everybody would say he's great. Uh, just look at Jared Goff. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about the Cowboys' defense. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. 
in these alternate sports realities. Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, Landon, this next question comes from Shane. Uh, why does our defensive scheme allow for so much room between the wide receiver and the defensive back? There were a couple of third and fours or third and fives, and the defensive backs were seven yards off the ball. Why don't we play press in those situations? I think this is a good question. What do you think, Landon? Well, I don't think that that's a, like, that's not like a default scheme thing. That's just that coverage, you know? And, and, I, and I think the idea is, again, for them, they if you're giving them the option to, uh, you know, potentially uh, a, a 50% chance uh, at converting the third down or a 35% chance of uh of getting a big play based on which coverage you're running i i think that it's in that situation depending on where they are on the field they would take the 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 50 third third down conversion as opposed to creating the big play the mm. entire idea of this is to okay you can get some yards you can get some yards but we're not going to let you score you're we're going to make you work we're going to make you uh, uh, dink and dunk your way down the field and then the idea is that at some point we're either going to force a mistake or you're going to make a mistake uh, and, and it's effective and it's because it, even if you don't succeed in forcing or making a mistake at the very least you're you are successful in causing the offense to waste a whole bunch of time and effort into scoring the points instead of just getting it in chunks I, I agree. Uh, and I think you know look they will sacrifice third down conversions getting off the field if it means not you know if 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 the argument is get up and press when it's third and short uh but potentially be giving up a big play in the process or play off coverage and potentially giving up the third down or but definitely denying the ability to run past you and make a big play i i think that's a no-brainer choice for them frankly i i agree i do think that and especially i think it depends on the team though too right uh, sure. If, sure. If you're if you're going against receivers that don't really have the uh, the ability to to make big plays down the field, I do think the Cowboys are going to jam you know cornerback or receivers. They're going to get up into their face. Uh, the Eagles are a great example. When you know they play Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, they're not really afraid of those guys beating them down the field, and that's why you'll see them play some tighter coverage. Uh, I actually expect the same thing this week against New England with some of their receivers. I I don't expect you to see a ton of cushion. Uh, against this Patriots offense, going um, going back to real quick, going back yeah. to the Detroit game. I mean, look, they had Galladay, they had and Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones Jr. Yeah. Those are guys who can get yeah. down the field and, and make big plays, and they're known for that. And really, Galladay only got one big one, if I'm not mistaken. And and, and like that, that kind of shows you like that is what they would prefer. They would prefer not to give up any big plays. Okay, you can get your yards, you can get your empty yards, but but as long as you're not scoring points, and as long as you're not getting points quickly with big plays they've done their job actually now that i think about it, the one big play that they did have to marvin hall uh anthony brown tried to press him out of the slot and he ended up getting a free release uh and made a big play down the field on a third and 14 so uh, it's, it's cert it certainly has their disadvantages um all right landon this next one comes from lou how badly do you expect the patriots to try to exploit the cowboys inefficient special teams I can see them landing every kickoff short and forcing Dallas's weak return game into action. Um, 
really quickly before I toss this back to you. Uh, that is absolutely what New England is going to do. They do it every oh, yeah. week. They do it yeah. every week. They're going to try to kick it down to the five, you know, yard line, maybe right at the the goal line. Uh, I, I did see a stat the other day. Um, there's a holding call on it or a block in the back on like 37 percent of kickoff returns. That's uh, it. Yeah, which <laughs> it seems so much higher than it, that. It, but it does that, seem yeah. higher than that. But, but that is still plenty. That's still plenty. Right, and, and New England knows that. So they know that their special teams unit is really good on top of the odds that you're going to get a penalty. So, yeah, they're absolutely going to do that. The other thing that they're going to do, and this is something that hasn't – I don't know. I don't see a ton of teams doing this either. They're going to return just about every kick. Uh, obviously, there's some advantages to just kneeling on the ball in the end zone. But, again, they believe in their special teams unit. They believe that they can create chunk plays because other teams, you know, especially bad special teams, aren't used to covering kickoffs, expect the Patriots to, to return a lot. Uh, what do you think about the Cowboys-Patriots special teams matchup in this one? It's a problem. I mean, it's a, it's a legit fear. I mean, this is a huge mismatch, and it's in a, in a, one, one of the three you know, aspects of, of football. And I think – for the Cowboys, I they I think what they really need to do is just focus on not making any huge mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like because I think that's New England is going to try to force them into uncomfortable situations. You need to make sure. And, and again, the problem is is that it's a combination of things. It's it's the defense and special teams. I mean, special teams puts your offense in a bad position to start with, and the defense takes advantage of that bad situation. So, yep. um, it's really going to need to be a, 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 a conjunction with the offense in just you know not making the situation worse by by trying to overplay your hand in special teams because you're probably not going to be able to do that against. The Patriots, right? If they give you the ball, if they kick it in the end zone, just just take it, just kneel Let, on it. You yeah, don't, just you don't take need to be the, a hero. Yeah, and, and just allow your offense. The your offense is more likely to have an advantage on their defense than your special teams is, which is crazy so, considering how good New England's defense is. Yeah, yeah, but I think also at the same time, you know, my argument to that is goes back to the idea that. And I think Daniel Houston's smiling somewhere, despite yes. his rude, rude <laughs> tweet of of uh, Skip Bayless suggesting <laughs> that I. <sighs> that was the greatest tweet I've ever seen. It was fantastic. Was, that, I, I almost had nothing to say about that. Uh, I I just think that I I think that that offense dictates the results more than defense does. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, right now, we're looking at one of the best offenses in football going against one of the best defenses in football, um, and I, I have I, I have hope that the Cowboys are going to be able to make hay here. They're going to be able to find a way to uh, make this thing work, uh, and and so, I, but I think that that's much more likely to happen on an offense versus defense side than Dallas special teams versus New England special teams. Uh, really quickly on the defense, you know. We're going to talk about this a lot this offseason, but I truly believe that your defensive performance is a lot of based on the offense that you play, like you mentioned, but more specifically, the quarterbacks you play. Uh, if you play a lot of bad quarterbacks throughout the season, your defensive rating is going to be inflated because the NFL is such a passing league. Uh, and we saw that with New England. They played, I mean, a stretch of like Luke Falk and Case Keen, or actually Colt McCoy and 
uh, Sam Darnold, and they were able to, to boost their defensive rating despite not playing any competent quarterbacks. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that more this offseason. Um, Landon, this one comes from Maxwell. Uh, what is the biggest reason for differences in defensive performance this year from 2018 compared to 2019? Why have the Cowboys dropped off so much? You just put the answer to the question before the question. I think, you know, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, who you're playing and how sure. they're playing at the time. Um, I also think that, you know, that the Cowboys have specifically struggled with tackling at times. And that, that kind of is been, you know, a, 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 a Achilles heel. I, I think the, the problem is still the, the defensive interior stopping the run. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know that, like, that ever got solved. Um, I, I think yeah. the linebackers are a big part of it as well. I think that those things are related, though. And, and they could be. Yeah. Listen, I think- again, um, this, this is a little soapbox. This is why I miss Rolando McClain. You could have bad defensive tackles and still have Rolando out there, and he'd be stopping the run. I, I know I know that's five years ago we're talking about a linebacker, but that's the advantage that the Cowboys have always had when they've had a big physical linebacker. I'm just not sure Jalen is at that level yet. It's not Jalen that's the problem. Well, <laughs> you know, like, I hate he's to be the, like this. He's not it, the it, problem. It, it, in but, your scenario, Roland, Roland's playing fine. It's the Sean Lee character that's not playing yeah, fine. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It's... Both, it's it's I, it's late. Those guys aren't playing as good, but I think I think Leighton has taken the bigger step backwards. Well, Le- I think the problem with Leighton is that he's not making tackles. He's not he's not tackling at the rate that he was before. And they missed the they missed the reliability part of his game more than they missed the playmaking of Jalen. Yeah, and I think Jalen is still. I think Jalen has righted himself more than 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 Leighton has, to, especially last opinion. week. Yeah, well, especially the last few weeks. I feel like I mean he's he's. He, look, he still is. He still had some issues, but I, I think he's been playing mostly okay. I think Leighton, and again, uh, to, to put a fine point on it, I, I think it's linebackers and defensive tackles missing tackles at the first opportunity, or at least not slowing the player down to allow gang tackling. That's maybe that's what it is more. Is that there's less of. The first, the first player slowing the, the 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 ball carrier down and then rallying to tackle happening. It feels like the person is breaking the first tackle and then and then getting more distance and then breaking more tackles. We need a lot better tackling on the first level of our defense. I agree. Um, our, our last question, Landon, from at Johnny Slick, and this one is basically right to you. You've seen the all twenty two. Talk about Xavier Suafilo. How was he? Was he as great as everybody's making him out to be? He he was better than all of us expected, or at least I expected. But no, he was still very bad. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean, why I've, watch the running game? How many times the, he just gets in the yeah, way? He's just he's just a complete liability in the run game. He's not <laughs> terrible in the pass game, and that's where I think. I mean, he he's not like exploitable. Every single snap in the in the run, in the past game, in the run game, he may be exploitable. Every single snap, yeah, he, like, he's he's really really bad in the run. Yeah, game. and it's you know I, going into the draft and coming out of the, I thought that was his strength. I thought this was a big body guy that was going to be able to lean on guys, but man, no. that's certainly not no. the case. I, I'll tell you what, I, I I'll say this: when coming out of the game, just from my eyesight and without looking at the all twenty two, and even after looking at the all twenty two. 
in my brain, my own like take on it was, you know, it, he didn't play so bad. But ha- looking at the way people are reacting on Twitter again about the way he's you'd playing, think he's Quentin Nelson. Guys, he's terrible. He's not. He's no. Like the, the, you need to, the bar needs to be way, way low so that when he, you know, hops over it, you're like, hey, good job, buddy. You know, not like, oh my god, this is Quentin Nelson mixed with uh, Larry Allen, Larry <laughs> Allen, and uh, Joe Thomas, and it's like, uh, no, man, it's 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 not like that. It just shows you how low the expectations are, not only for. Uh, Xavier Suofilo, but for just offensive line play in the entire NFL, as long as you just aren't Chaz Green, everybody applauds you, right? That, well, that, that, unless, or Connor Williams, for some reason, has the highest expectations I've ever seen for a left guard, a second-round left guard. It's it's mind-boggling to me. Generally speaking, no one wants to watch O-line play, and they don't want to admit it either. So, so that's the not. thing. is that The only time they notice it is when... There's bad play, or they see a dude bury a dude. That's the only time they notice. Outside of that, they don't care. <laughs> the perfect example is, you know, and John owning our friend, we, we do this all the time, but we'll post, uh, you know, videos and GIFs on Twitter of a nice block an offensive line makes. It might get three retweets and five likes. You post a picture or a video of Amari Cooper catching a seven-yard slant, 100 retweets, 500 likes. It's just... People hate offensive linemen. I, I'm sorry, but they do. It, yeah. Not us, but the people do. Ah, it's, yeah. it's, it's frustrating. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.